Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. All right, y'all. Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset, or welcome back to, this is our 20th episode. Oh my goodness, it's just flown by. Today, we're going to talk about how big food begets big butts. We're going to talk about mental health and diet, and also about childhood bariatric surgery. That got Travis the Noof. If y'all are watching on YouTube, he's going to hide under the dining room table. He can't can't believe his ears. Childhood bariatric surgery. Yes, but before we dive in, I have some news, some good news. The Nourishment Mindset. Now, if you're watching this, you see I'm holding up this author's copy. But the actual to-purchase copy is available now, and you can get it two ways, the paperback copy. If you want a signed copy, go to my website, favorfat.com. And for $19.95, same price on Amazon, you get a signed copy, and that's going to include shipping, y'all. So go ahead and buy some for friends, family, anyone. Um, And of course, buy one for yourself and I'll get that right to you. The second way is next time you're on Amazon, you can add a copy to the cart with whatever else you're buying. And it's worth noting, if you're an e-reader type, there is a Kindle version on Amazon as well. So I would be honored if you would support me. And after you read the book, If you choose, and I would love it if you would, to leave me a review on Amazon, and y'all, it doesn't have to be a five-star review. I have to earn that. A review on Amazon gets you entered into a monthly drawing for a 30-minute complimentary health coaching consult. And if that's something you would rather gift to someone else, maybe your family member, your partner, whomever, your next door neighbor, you can do that as well. If your health is going along fabulously and there's nothing you'd like to talk about, and it doesn't have to be just nutrition. I'm also a fitness instructor. We can talk about exercise programs. We can talk about mindfulness, breath work, sleep, yoga, all of the above. All that is in my wheelhouse. So thank you in advance for your support. So today I'm going to share one of my favorite chapters with y'all. The title of the chapter is Big Food Begets Big Butts. But before I get into Big Food Begets Big Butts, we have some other things to discuss. So this subject hits very, very close to home for me for a couple reasons. One, as I share in my book, I had a really bad eating disorder um, as a child from about age, mm, dieting starting at 10. I was still sick even at 16. So as a child and a teenager, bad eating disorder. I never had childhood obesity, but to me, all of that is in a package with disordered eating. And I get much more into that in my book. And I right now just have this vomit-like taste in my mouth. And it's coming from way deep down, right where your intuition is, right in that gut. And I've tried to get rid of it with Sauvignon Blanc, a crisp New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, but 
that taste is still there. Now, why is that? The reason I have this taste of disgust in my mouth is because recently the American Academy of Pediatrics, Doctors for Our Children, have revised its guidelines for treating childhood obesity and are now recommending medication at age 12, pimp by Big Pharma, of course, and bariatric surgery at age 13. This, you know, in addition to behavioral and lifestyle modifications. This makes me sick, y'all. In my book, I talk about the childhood obesity rate. As I said, this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart, not only from having had a disordered eating and an eating disorder as a child, but because while at Duke, I was a psych major and my senior thesis was entitled A Biopsychosocial Model for Treating Childhood Obesity. So I handed that sucker in in the year 2000, right before I graduated. And now we fast forward 23 years. And what has happened to childhood obesity? Have we gotten better? No, it's more than double. And this figure of 20%, I'm not talking about a little pudge around the middle, y'all. I'm talking about obese children. This is a number reported by the CDC before COVID. So we can we all know that it hasn't gotten any better. And of course, it's gotten worse. I bet it's so bad and so increased with all this lockdown madness that they're not going to publish anything for a while. We don't really want to know. Right. Let's just give them pills and then cut them open. Right. That'll be fine. So my issue with this is twofold. I am not saying don't treat childhood obesity. Of course not. My issue is how we, they, are going about doing it. Drugging and knifing up our kids is not the way to fix this. And if you don't change the root causes, you're going to end up back where you started. My number two thing is a lack of focus on what is correct, which is the behavioral and lifestyle modification. That's sort of big fancy talk. What are we really talking about? We're talking about eating right. We're talking about eating real whole foods. Plenty of randomized controlled trials have shown that a real whole foods, low carbohydrate diet doesn't have to be keto where you drop the carbs super low to get into nutritional ketosis. That can work beautifully, are incredibly effective at helping people lose weight. And more importantly, this does so in a manner where you're not starving because anyone who's tried to diet by starving themselves knows that eventually you're just going to give in. And, and it's not your fault. It's not your lack of willpower. It's because your brain is hungry and you are lacking nutrients. So we need to be focusing on the nutrient density of our foods and serving our children real food, not big ass ultra processed food that interferes with your satiety signaling, hijacks your fat cells with those freaking vegetable and seed oils y'all know I hate, and creates sick children. That is how we fix childhood obesity. It is certainly not pills and surgery. I, I don't even want to feel better. I want to feel disgusting because disgusted rather, because this is disgusting. So another thing that pisses me off 
is that, of course, our government produces these nutritional guidelines, which say to prioritize grains and these seed oils that are heart healthy. And this is what gets put in our, our kids' schools, for example. So in related news, freaking Tufts University, them and Harvard, whatever nutrition advice comes out of Tufts and Harvard, please ignore. I beg you, please ignore. Their latest thing, brought to you by Big Food, of course, is a scoring system that they call the Food Compass. Isn't that cute with little colors for green means go and red means no. Now, maybe this could be helpful. I have a green list of foods from my Nutrition Network program. The lists are damn different. Let me give you an example. One of my favorite, favorite foods, egg fried in butter. And I don't just eat one egg. That gets a 26. That's a red, as in avoid. An egg is nature's veritable vitamin basket. It's incredibly dense, nutrient-rich source of food, okay? This is ridiculous. I can't make this shit up. But a vegetarian chili with a meat substitute, y'all, that's code word for grains and inflammatory seed oils, fats, that gets an 84. Woohoo! Green. Isn't this lovely? Ground beef? Yeah, that's in the 20s too. Super nutrient-dense ground beef. Highly sating. While frosted mini-wheats get an 87. Are we freaking kidding? Cereals, fake oils. These oils, y'all, let me <laughs> remind you. They were, before they were, we were told to eat them because they are heart healthy, because they lower LDL. These things were used as solvents for cleaning machines. If you go back to a prior episode, I dive deep into this. Get your fats right. I believe it was episode two. So this crap gets a green light and the most nutrient dense foods that we have on a plant, on our beautiful planet, eggs, butter, beef, Get a stop sign. Okay. Are these people high? Are they demented from a lack of diet, natural dietary fat? Probably. But you know what they really are? Funded by big food. Shocker. So go ahead and eat some frosted mini wheats and some meat substitute chili and see how you do. Or stick with what nature has provided us for millennia and see your health and vitality augment incredibly. F these people. I'm serious. All right. So 70% of us are overweight. 42, and I'm talking about adults, y'all. It's 20%, but we know it's more. 42% are obese. Again, these are pre-COVID numbers. So all this advice sucks. It's the same old stuff. And in my opinion, we're getting to, to criminal at this point. We're recommending this stuff and then saying that, well, these these fat kids, you know, it's genetics. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's this multifactorial reasoning behind all this childhood obesity. We should just give them pharma pills and cut their stomachs out. This is sick. Absolutely sick. Little old me in chapter 26 talks about nourishing your kids. This way you're not going to need to pump them full of pills or cut their stomachs out. This is horrible. History is not going to look well on this. So my next topic is a wonderful talk 
This is in my Substack. Favorfat.substack.com is where you go to subscribe to this. So you get the first announcement when there's a new episode or any other news by an amazing woman. She's a true pioneer. This subject is very important. It's mental health. 25% of Americans are taking pills for mental health. And no, I'm not saying that they should not receive the medication. But what I am saying is this woman, this pioneer, Dr. Ede, has a talk that I think you should listen to, especially if you or anyone you know is dealing with any kind of mental health diagnosis or even just depression, anxiety. I mean, those are, of course, diagnoses. Um, but anything on the mental health spectrum, or even if you're feeling totally great, but you want to learn about what your brain wants you to eat. So this is a 35-minute talk on brain health and how we need to revitalize modern psychiatry. Her, her biggest key takeaway for me, in addition to how to eat for brain health and why those naturally nourishing, especially animal fats, are important to thrive, is that we need to change the way we do psychiatry and psychology in this country. So meaning we need to make a metabolic intake part of the mental health or psychological intake. Because if someone has metabolic markers that show levels of inflammation or disease or impaired use of glucose from insulin resistance, this can drastically affect brain health. So again, I'm suggesting we go to the root cause. Same with childhood obesity. Let's go to the root cause. It's what they're eating, y'all. And same thing with mental health. Let's go to the root cause. And I'm, of course, not saying that food is the only root cause or nutrient deficiency. I am saying that we all deserve to thrive. And we need to think of nourishing our brains as well as our bodies. So you can check out Dr. Ede's talk. You can find it on YouTube. Um, it's low carb down under within the last year, or just go to the email that I sent you and I have it linked there from my favorfat.substack.com. All right, so let's get into the nitty gritty, which is chapter 11, big food begets big butts. You'll get a sense of my uh, writing style here. What does Big Food Inc. have in common with Clark W. Griswold? Do y'all remember that name? In the holiday classic Christmas Vacation, Clark encouraged his road tripping family to look elsewhere so he could flip off the crazy truck driver. Hey kids, look, a deer. Big ultra processed food companies are doing the same thing when it comes to labeling their foods. This shit really shouldn't even technically be called food because it ain't. Big food likes to focus on two labels, the colorful front label with all the marketing messages, the latest are keto bread and other such BS, and the government mandated nutrition level highlighting mostly useless metrics, serving size, calories, fat grams. Ever notice that these labels keep getting bigger while the ingredients are minuscule? It requires a lab-grade microscope to make it out. Don't bother toting your microscope to the store because you won't understand most of what's listed there. The ingredients read like a list of delicacies produced at an asbestos plant. 
Clark doesn't want his kids seeing him giving the universal displeasure salute and giant processed food companies don't want you to focus on the absolute most important feature of food packaging, the ingredients, y'all. These obscure ingredients matter most to me as a health coach because they tell the true tale. They're downright difficult to read because more often than not, they're featuring a familiar recipe of foods, I'm holding up air quotes, which are harmful to our health as they are addictive. These substances disrupt metabolic functioning. Do me a little favor. Play a game next time you're in the supermarket. Make a list of some of the heart-healthy foods you see. They have a big old red heart. They're on things like Cheerios and those frosted mini weights, and of course on the inflammatory seed oils. This should be a scarlet letter, as in A, avoid. Can you find one of these full of shit hearts on a head of broccoli, a fish counter, an egg carton? There's going to be more on this in the next chapter. What's on your shopping list, y'all? If it comes in a package, contains whole grain sugars or preservatives and chemicals, it ain't heart and it ain't healthy. It's garbage that's trying too hard or marketing. I did marketing professionally for 20 years, so I know it when I see it. The promotion is working. You can see the campaign results in packaged foods filling nearly every aisle and in the ever-increasing size of our guts, butts, and prescription wrap sheets. Next supermarket game, try shopping for foods that neither have added sugar nor unpronounceable ingredients, chemicals and preservatives, nor fillers like corn, soybean, xanthan gum. Most importantly, no toxic factory facts. Good freaking luck. I wanna ask you something. What are avocados, broccoli, butter, beef, milk, eggs, and extra virgin olive oil have in common? It's that they don't need labels, y'all, because they are real, whole, single-ingredient foods. As Dr. Robert Lustig, a neuroendocrinologist and professor at UC San Francisco, says, if this food or if food has a label, consider it a warning label. Avocado is made with avocado. An egg carton contains eggs. Real butter is churned milk cream from milk. Focusing on in single ingredient, real whole natural foods is the best thing you can do to nourish yourself back to health and enhance your life. Finding that vitality. Ditch the prepared ultra process. Switch to the real deal that you'd find in nature or minimally processed such as organic whole milk yogurt. Big food uses a simple formula to make profound profits. One, use cheap ingredients. Two, dress them up with marketing slogans and deals. And three, employ strong distribution networks to own the aisles. The visual on the following page demonstrates the ingredients employed in this addictive, void of nutrients, slutty slop. Next time you're in the supermarket or ordering online, Join me in giving the universal displeasure salute to the producers of these Franken foods. Better yet, shop direct from the farm and support the men and women who cultivate the real deal. So here is, if you're watching, you can see my little, this is something I use in my health coaching practice. I call it a recipe for ultra processed food. Corporate calls it heart healthy grains. What it really is? 
cheap subsidized filler that is sugar to your liver. Big food calls it heart healthy vegetable oils. And y'all already know that this is actually toxic, inflammatory, chemical byproduct, factory fats that have been bleached and deodorized. Big food just calls it sugars and sweeteners. I call it highly processed addictive substances with 200 different names just to keep them hidden from y'all. And then we have the additives in my favorite natural flavors. These are untested chemicals such as MSG and dyes linked to disease, food dyes, that is. So that is what big food brings to you. And they can just slap whatever kind of stuff they want to say about it on there. They can pretend like the eggs, which eggs are healthy. They will always be healthier than processed food, but they can pretend like they were outside. But really, unless you're buying pastured, most eggs and the chickens that are laying them never see the light of day. Some egg qualifiers, I go into this book, into it in the book rather, make it sound like you're buying what you think you're buying, but really they can see a window from indoors. So if you can afford it, pastured is what you want, because then you have these chickens out eating what nature intended, worms, insects, seeds, not grains, antibiotics, etc. So that was chapter 11, Big Food Begets Big Butts. I hope y'all enjoyed that. I, again, hope that you will support me and buy the book. I'd love to send you a signed copy, so just go to favorfat.com. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast and site, again, that is favorfat.substack.com. Again, find me on Instagram at Nourishment Mindset. On LinkedIn, it's just Dixie Huey. I appreciate you. Namaste. Have a nice day, y'all. Thank you.